0: Hello, and welcome to A Closer Look. I'm Tara Metal, Digital Content Manager at the Harvard Art Museums.
1: I'm Michael Rika, the Administrative Coordinator in the Director's Office at the Harvard Art Museums.
0: This season, we're exploring museum jobs, why we wanted them, how we got them, and what they're really like. Through a series of conversations with our colleagues, we'll seek to demystify the museum world, discuss some surprising career paths, and explore jobs you might not have considered. This week, we're headed to the archives. Michael how did you end up at the Harvard art museums
1: How did I end up here it was interesting i my background is theater um, I was in New York uh, studying acting pursuing acting and music uh, for many many years came back to Boston because I didn't I, I still I still perform but I, I didn't want to do it as my primary uh, livelihood and so I needed uh, I needed to find work which i I did find here at Harvard uh, in Central Human Resources. And I was looking to make a change. I was starting an arts administration masters at BU. This job happened to come up in the director's office. I did peripherally know one of the HR people, because I knew many of them around the university, at Harvard. And I sent a message saying, I'm interested. And she sent one back, and I didn't receive it, never received it. And then, I think two months later, she was like, did you ever get my response? Are you still interested in this job? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yes, I am. So I came, came over, interviewed, and, and fortunately, I uh, got hired into the museums. And that was 11 years ago. And um, I've been here a long time. And uh, have loved being here, you know, not only because of the beautiful art and the, you know, and what what we do and what the part of the university we are, but also because of our our amazing colleagues and amazing staff.
0: So speaking of our amazing staff, I am talking to Michelle Interrante, our assistant archivist today.
2: Hi, Michelle. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. My name is Michelle Interranti. I am the assistant archivist at the Harvard Art Museums.
0: Wonderful. Let's start with your childhood career aspirations. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wasn't
2: like a super organized child, so I did not have any clear idea of what I wanted to be. I had like vague notions of wanting to be Judge Judy, but you can't just go to college and be Judge Judy. But by the time I was in college and I was doing research for my senior thesis in archives, I got this idea that I wanted to work in an archive in some capacity. When did you become
0: aware of the archives world or of the like, existence of archivists as a career option?
2: I had to do some like primary source research as part of my senior thesis in college. And it involved going to the Columbia Special Collections part of the library. And the archivists and librarians there helped me a ton. And I really enjoyed the work that I was doing in there. And I like, you know, customer service and working with people. So like, oh, is this, is this a job that I can have? And they seem to have that job. So that's how I, <laughs> that's sort of my introduction. And I love the research component of it.
0: That's very cool, actually. So you had a good experience with archivists. And you're like, hmm.
2: Yeah, what if that, what if that was me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what were you writing your thesis on?
2: I wrote my thesis on the John Birch Society, which is a still existent right-wing political group. Um, their sort of focus has changed. Um, they're kind of libertarian now, but I was work doing my work on their activities in the late 1950s and early 1960s, which is around their founding. And at the time, there weren't too many uh, archival resources available. Now there's an archive or a collection of John Birch Society papers at Brown, but that was not open (laughs) when I was doing my research. However, it would have been cool to go to Brown So what were you majoring in? I majored in history, American history. You majored in history, you wrote your
0: thesis, you discovered (laughs) the archives. What happened after college?
2: Well, I like milled around for a couple of years. I did a lot of retail (laughs) working, um, which I enjoyed actually. But then after a couple of years, I decided to go back to school and I went to Simmons College, now Simmons University, to get my master's in library and information science and a master's in history, just to kind of get my back, back on the track that I thought I'd be on
0: you got a dual master's?
2: Yeah. So Simmons has a program where you can get a dual master's in library science and history. And I did that. Not like required, <laughs> but I thought if I was going to go back for the degree, I may as well continue. And actually at, at that point, the collection at Brown of John Birch Society Papers had opened to research. So I was like, well, this then I can keep working on this, <laughs> my uh, undergraduate thesis. So really a full circle. What was
0: grad school like for you? Did you Did you enjoy it? Um, Were there other people in your program who were training to be archivists and knew that? Or were people mostly like, okay, I think I would be good at this and maybe I'll be a librarian?
2: Um, I enjoyed grad school, especially I think I enjoyed the history aspect of it. When you're doing like a dual concentration, your track is pretty, there's not a lot of like room for electives or anything like that. You have to really take (laughs) the required courses if you want to finish in a timely manner. So I I enjoyed the history aspect of it and the, the library and information science aspect of it is professional school. So you learn the skills that hopefully you will need on the job. And most of my classes therefore were populated by people who wanted to be archivists specifically. There were definitely people who were more on the librarian track or people who like didn't really know and eventually would go more towards librarianship versus working in an archive. Kind of hard to know where, where you'll end up for sure when you're in grad school. So the program has a lot of flexibility sort of built into it in that regard, like a lot of the skills are cross disciplinary for both librarians and archivists. So you can do either. And then of course there are lots of people who go into who get these degrees and then don't become archivists.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an it sounds like an interesting master's because or really dual master's because it's humanities masters but then with this like very practical career oriented angle.
2: Yeah, sometimes I like to torture my family by telling them I'm a scientist. Is it true? I guess technically. Does it mean what I'm pretending it means? No. <laughs> <laughs> They don't like that? <laughs> no, they find it annoying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do your parents understand what you do? Like, do they know what your job is? They
2: have, like, a vague idea. Like, for a, a long time, my dad, though, was telling people that I was an archaeologist, which is not true. But I, I think the sort of the most notable part about my specific job is that it's, like, the only job that my parents who are from the Boston area cannot pronounce like an activist at the Habitat museums. Forget it. No one knows. <laughs> Only those things are actually like the full word. Just
0: so you know, that will be the cold open of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so Great. Do
2: Without question. Oh, uh, that's incredible. <laughs> really embarrassing. Um, but you know, but they, they have like a general idea of what I do. Sometimes I tell them something that I've done and they're like, is that your job or is that something that is, you should be getting paid more for? They like don't really know.
0: Well, at least they know your job title. I feel like that's more than a lot of people who work at the museum can say.
2: (laughs) It's because it's simple.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One word, I guess. How did you get this
2: job? Um, I had already been working at Harvard in very part-time capacity at the Harvard Business School from their special collections. So it was already—I mean, it wasn't on campus. So I was at the business school campus, but I was doing that. It was the first like, interview I got after graduating from Simmons, and it worked out. <laughs> and that—that's
0: it. <laughs> Thank you for tying that back into what happened after graduation. I realized I asked that in a bad way. <laughs> um, no worries. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> so how long were you at the business school and was that very different from working at a museum
2: it was different I worked there for I want to say it was like a year and a half maybe I was like a collections assistant yeah my actual title but essentially I would bring boxes from the DAX up to the reading room for researchers um it was different because the staff was a lot larger at the business school, and they had librarians and archivists sort of working on staff. So it was just kind of a different setup entirely. The collections are also are also different because they, now at the Harvard Art Museums, our collection is an institutional collection. So we document the history of the museums, but at Baker, the collections more broadly document the history of business. So that encapsulated a lot of different disparate types of collections from like photograph collections and advertising collections to collections of like ledgers documenting insurance. So yeah, a little little different, a bigger, much bigger collection for sure. So before we get into your work with Harvard Art Museums, can you tell me
0: what an archivist typically does? And also what's the difference between an archivist and a librarian?
2: Mm. so archivists I think like the com- sort of the line is that archivists arrange describe and provide access to archival collections which are like materials of unique historical value and I can talk a little bit about like what that means but that's sort of the, like the difference between an archivist and a librarian because librarians are providing access to collections that are not necessarily unique right like you can go into your public library and get like a copy of I don't know like a Harry Potter book and then you can also go to like the next town over and also get the same copy of the same Harry Potter book. So it's not unique. Librarians also have specializations that archivists don't have. Like you can be specialized in young adult librarianship, in law librarianship. An archivist is a different kind of skill where you're really just stewarding the collection. So being able to care for the collection is in a lot of cases sort of the primary uh, goal. Slightly different, but certainly like an overlap in skills.
0: That was a great explanation. Overlap in skills, but very different in practice. Yeah. What is in the Harvard Art Museum's archive?
2: The Harvard Art Museum's archives document the museum's institutional history. So that <laughs> includes records from the three museums, the Fogg Museum, the Bush reisinger Museum, and the Arthur M. Sackler Museum. And those records can be correspondence from former museum directors and donors, exhibition files, photographs. We have artists' papers, we have some objects. So it really, it's a pretty rich collection, even though we're a, we're a small team. As an
0: archivist at the Harvard Art Museums, what does your pre-pandemic, what was a typical day for you like? What, what tasks are you most often
2: doing? The most frequent task I had was dealing with reference requests and yielding different inquiries from people who are both inside and outside of the museum. So it can be curators and museum staff, or it can be students at Harvard, students all over the world, um, art historians from anywhere, just like people who are interested. Um, too, because we're open to the, the general public as well. Um, so that can be research or answering emails that have come in about our collections, making a phone call if I have to. That was most of, most of my time, was working with the public who has interest in our collections, the public and I guess our uh, internal public. Do you think that the Harvard Art Museums gives more access
0: to our archives than other museums do? Or is it is it pretty normal for museums to let people go through the archives?
2: I don't think that we're unique. There are certainly archives and museum archives that are less visible than we try to be, where it's just Megan and I. So there's only two archivists at the Harvard Art Museum that are on the full-time staff, And we try to make ourselves as visible as possible. But I think that some archives that don't either have like the capacity or, you know, for whatever reason, choose not to be as out there as we are. But I think if you were to email (laughs) a museum and, you know, ask about their archive, that someone would help you. (laughs) It might not be an archivist, but... Yeah,
0: I was curious because it seems like you're always very busy. Like there's there's usually somebody in your section of the office... (laughs) going through materials is it ever is it ever like a a collections care issue if people want to access the same thing over and over like are you worried about the safety of like a letter for example
2: we do have some collections that are a little more unstable than others our photograph collection for example um is a good candidate for digitization so we've been slowly working on that most of our collections, though, are pretty stable right now. The ones that are most heavily used are on site; they're fully processed, which means that they've been described with folder titles and provenance information and date information and summaries. And So we have a pretty good handle on what's in them and the condition the condition that they're in. So I don't I don't worry about it that much. Some of some of the most fragile items we do you know take out and store elsewhere, but for the most part, like our stuff is it's also not that that old. <laughs> We're only founded in 1895 so nothing ancient in our in our archives what do people usually want to
0: see like what kind of item
2: usually they're interested in the correspondence we have pretty very extensive correspondence from our our former directors to galleries and artists and other people who are heavily involved in early art history. We have correspondence with politicians. People are interested in that. A lot of the people who visit our archive or use our collections are interested in early art history. They're interested in collecting and how museum collections grow. So even though we get lots of requests for images and people obviously love looking at the photographs that we have, it's the correspondence that's the big draw. Would you say
0: that you've had a lot of on-the-job training or was most of your relevant training in your master's program? I
2: think there's lots of practical training that I got in the master's program. There's a lot of introduction to different technology that I got in the master's program that I think is super valuable, but of course becomes suddenly out of date and I've learn new technology. So that part is on the job. Right, keeping our, your skills sharp is like an on-the-job constant. But um, most of the, the other on-the-job training I got was in art history. I don't have a background in art history. I think that would be very helpful. <laughs> so learning about artists, artists, art, and, you know, how people approach learning about these things has been a total on-the-job training for me. A really valuable, though, skill that I didn't get on the job but did get before my archival training is customer service training. If a lot of people before they come into archives or libraries think they'll like sit and get to read books and like look at books and lovingly caress an entire shelf of beautiful folded boxes or box folders, but that's not really the case. (laughs) Uh, it's It's a lot of customer service, which is really the most fun and interesting part about it, because those are the people that already have some of the background to the stories that are contained inside of our collection. So they come in and they bring a new perspective. They have new information that I can't get from just reading the letters. And it's how we learn more about our collections and it's how we expand scholarship. But like, you don't get that just like sitting alone. (laughs) You get it from talking to researchers that come in that like cold call you or cold email you and learning about what they're doing. So I got that from selling handbags to (laughs) people in New York City. (laughs) But it's a really important part of what I do. And a really important point, I think, (laughs) about how, you know,
0: jobs that you might have before the job that you quote unquote want can really inform the job you know you want and end up doing and like our training for yeah
2: especially if you want to do anything that's public facing in any capacity and most jobs are public facing I mean you have to even if you're public is just the other people in your office these are all really nice skills to have and skills to hone.
0: Yeah, learning how to help people and also handle people's expectations is definitely <laughs> important to many jobs and maybe uh, <laughs> a thing you learn most in retail. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: everyone should work in a service industry job. Thing.
0: Yeah, a, a year should be required. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think you,
2: you don't you don't learn it otherwise. <laughs> Working at
0: the Harvard Art Museums, do you get to do do you get to do work. At any other Harvard museums or Harvard libraries,
2: I have certainly visited other collections at Harvard. There's lots of open houses throughout the academic year. Occasionally, I'll work with the Fine Arts Library. It's sort of in a similar capacity that a researcher might, you know, I email the librarians and I say, "Hey, like you have such a thing," or I'm referring someone to them. Um, I don't like go in and <laughs> take stuff out of the Fine Arts Library. But yeah, I'm we're pretty we're pretty siloed at Harvard. You work in your you work in your respective collection, but our colleagues are all over the place.
0: Do you like working at an art museum?
2: I do. Um, I think that our collection is fantastic. Our archival collection is really interesting. I feel very lucky to work at a place that has such a rich teaching mission. Um, I think it really informs what we do. It informs our collection, and it makes the the sort of the benefit of working with the public really immediately apparent, right? Like this is what we're here kind of to do is to enrich and teach and spread knowledge of early art history of what we're doing here, of the kind of projects that were happening throughout our history and to let people know what we're doing now. So we always try to tie stuff into, like our archival work into what's happening at the museum and what's coming up. There's lots of, lots of avenues for us to go down in that respect. That's a
0: great explanation, I think, of why museum archives are meaningful and important. Um, I can't say that I knew much about the function of a museum archive before I worked at the Harvard Art Museums and I've learned a lot from you and from Megan.
2: Um, I'm very, I'm very glad. <laughs> I didn't know much about museum archives either. And they're working in a museum archive is is different than working in a, a historical society or um, working like I did at the Harvard Business School, because there are so many ways that our work seems to intersect with the work the museum is doing with the curators or with museum staff. But like, maybe our terms are different or our approach is different intellectually. So it's, it can be kind of cool to, you know, talk to people who are doing something that seems similar. There's other art collections at the museum that are not archival collections but look similar. Our curatorial files look like the same thing as our archival collections, but they're not archival. They're still active records. So those kinds of parallels make the work interesting too.
0: Do you have a favorite experience that you can think of in your time at this job or a favorite object in the collection? In the
2: archival collection or in like art collection?
0: I guess or I was thinking the archival collection, but the, the museum selection is also on the table oh. if you want
2: to talk about um, I mean a thing that so my favorite sort of experience I guess is getting to make a new discovery which like very rarely happens which is why it's so fun most of the stories that we tell in like talks and stuff are already not canned but like we already know those stories <laughs> so finding new ones that are as rich as those like the story of the founding or stories about the famous courses like the egg and plaster course or the museum course that are um, signatures of our our institutional history, it's pretty rare to find something as rich as that. So whenever that happens it's pretty fun. One sort of example, it's not quite as good as like discovering a new course and all kinds of you know cool stuff that w- might accompany that, but we did find a set in our student works collection of a completed assignment and that's rare because we don't, our student works collection is full of like one-off student drawings after masters or like sketches that are assignments from the course, but we don't really know, have much context for them. Uh, but we do have this one complete assignment that has as the assignment. And then the four uh, line drawings that the student did from that assignment. And the student is actually a Radcliffe student named Elizabeth Tracy and later changed her name to Tracy Montmini. But she would go on to be a muralist and an artist and work for the Works Project Administration. And it's kind of fun to discover that and discover that not only did we have this or like one complete assignment <laughs> from a, a fine art department course, but that she went on to, to become an artist. The fine arts department didn't really train artists. That wasn't its purpose purpose was to prepare people for museum work so to get an act like an artist out of it was pretty cool and I, there's a few other people who did go on to become artists from the fine arts firm but it wasn't like the central focus so that's kind of neat and that's one of my favorite
0: archival objects. the student work is so fun don't you have kind of student exercises by t.s Eliot?
2: we do have student exercises by t.s Eliot, which are also they're terrific not because of they're artistic. Uh, they're very life. bad, right? I mean, they're not good. <laughs> they are not good. I forget now. Some of the student work we have is graded on the back. I don't know if T.S. Eliot got a grade. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> don't remember some of them were really harsh grades like there's a lot of c's that seem like at least b pluses to me <laughs> the, a c a c seems truly harsh for an art class
0: yeah it's yeah it's rude because they're not artists <laughs> yeah they're <you're> right <laughs> this isn't what they're actually pursuing
2: yeah they're just kind of like learning to understand how different works are created
0: Art history students right yeah so, yeah.
2: yeah, there are lots of like grad students, mostly grad students, some undergrads, but bummer. <laughs>
0: yeah, those Harvard professors. down yeah,
2: your GPA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> um, one one last question. What qualities do you think makes someone well-suited for a job like yours?
2: Um, like many memory keeping jobs, you have to be kind of nosy. <laughs> that's I think that's sort of number one like you have to if someone asks you a question a big part of the job is figuring out what they're really looking for and what they're sort of expecting to find what you know about the collection and how you can make those two ideas mesh um so you have to ask people questions you have to enjoy collaborating with other people in a big way because that's what most of the job is so I guess customer service oriented (laughs) but really like sort of just having a general curiosity about what's in your collection and what people are trying to do in the collection is super helpful. You know, people can come in and be like, oh, I'm, I'm just interested in, you know, exhibitions at your museum in 1941. And I can be like, cool, here you can, you know, look at all the exhibitions you want. Um, but if I don't ask them other questions, maybe they want to especially look at photographs. Maybe they're especially interested in a certain artist. And that artist actually was at the, showed at the museum over many years just in, you know, 1941. You have to ask people questions, nose around, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's, it's not surprising
0: to me really because I know you and I know that you're like a people person and wonderfully personable. But I mean, yeah, I guess I've always thought of your job as, as like a more kind of solitary bookish, you know, like lots of, lots of research, lots of records, being highly organized. Um, but yeah like I mean of course you constantly work with people you're always collaborating there's always someone sitting next to your desk doing you know doing research and looking through the materials that you're you're providing them so
2: yeah who knew
0: <laughs> very social job
2: yeah I think a, a lot of people are sort I sort of surprised by it but then once you like once I say it they're like oh well, of course <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it's right it sounds so obvious now yeah
2: there is certainly like a lot of alone time stacks time looking through looking through folders um I don't think that that like there's aspects of of like any job that you can learn and i think that you can sort of learn to be organized i think that you can learn to do research but i don't think that you can learn to be curious in that way you either like you want to do it or you don't yeah yeah the rest you can learn Mm -hmm.
0: i really loved talking to you about this i mean this was really fun for me i hope that it was fun for you thank you for having me um this was fun thanks for listening to a closer look Be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and sign up for our newsletter. See you next time.